<laughs> hey, all right. Uh, once again, another Wednesday at this edition of Inboxed. This is the Big Fat Boo, John Fondy. Welcome all of you uh, to the show. Uh, if you've just joined us, you can go to inboxedradio.com. That's I-N-B-O-X-E-D radio.com. And uh, we actually have a chat room that's set up there so we can uh, cover uh, some of your uh, inbound questions, or you can also uh, just go ahead and stay in the chat room at Webmaster Radio, and we'll pick up those questions uh, as we continue on with that. I just got back from uh, New York City. I was, uh, went back to a nice little affiliate summit that took place back there and had a chance to really get a lot of great business that was done. And it's always great to be in New York City. Uh, to uh, uh, Not only do you have a chance to get some great business done, but uh, I really had a chance to I had a chance to go run in Central Park, and I went to Trump Tower, and I went to uh, Carnegie Hall, as well as uh, the... the uh, uh, the producer and director's guild was there, so it was really it was really beneficial. I always like going back there, and uh, you get the chance to meet a lot of people. And uh, and before that, uh, I'll talk about what I did just before the uh, the conference and some of the things that went on. But uh, I want to welcome to the show right now uh, the doctor. The doctor is currently out of surgery. He's sitting there in his smock. He's all bloodied up and ready to give you a little bit of information. The doctor of deliveries here, Adam Young. Nice to have you on the show. Always a pleasure to be here, John. Sounds like you had uh, you had more fun in New York than you you did business. Well, you know, I, I'm the type of guy that this is this business is so much fun, and I say this really also for um, you know for our newer listeners that are out there that you can take you take what you're doing and uh, and you make it fun. And I always say that if you if you're doing something that you like. Uh, you'll never work a day in your life, and so that's really what a lot of it is. I mean, I'm I'm a master networker, and that's uh, that's really what my forte is. And and just to, I mean, I can tell you literally, I was sitting out in front of the uh, of of the Hilton Hotel on a wall uh, on sixth and fifty third with my uh, with my x y seven shirt on and literally had people coming up to me and actually out of three of the four companies that came up to me we actually struck up a conversation or going to do some business so so it, it can happen anywhere and uh, and you just gotta just gotta be ready for it kind of like you uh, doctor you you basically work out of any e r room in any city and you get work done and you enjoy what you're doing am I right yeah I'm basically retired I'm just giving you shit for fun John. Uh, excellent. I, I like that. I like it, man. Hey, let's yeah, talk a little bit here. I was disappointed I wasn't able to make it out to that uh, that New York show. I was uh, out at the uh, the Click Father's wedding. He finally got married, and, and uh, that's why he's not on our show today. But it uh, was a beautiful ceremony, and uh, you know, I'm glad you had a chance to stop on stop on by with all your traveling. Yeah, it was one of those things. It was uh, it, it was historical, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, about the the reception and the ceremony and everything that took place in the latter part, the third part of our show um, when we talk about that, because it's always kind of fun to catch everybody up on the Click Father. But that's right, ladies, eat your heart out. The Click Father is no longer uh, no longer single. He tied the knot with his beautiful bride, Rihanna Ross, and we'll cover more about that in the, in the last half of our show. You know, uh, 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 Doctor, today is an inaugural day here because this is... Do you know what today is, Doctor? No, baby. Tell me what today is. This is User Question Day. Yes, that's right. We will be celebrating every year on User Question Day, the excitement of User Question Day. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) I think that... 
I think as Ken Graham had mentioned, uh, the banks are going to be closed that day. It will be probably a national holiday, and uh, you know, it will go down in history here as Use Your Question Day. And the reason I say that is because one of the greatest things uh, about, about the, uh, the show is that we actually take questions that come in live on the air, and we actually answer them right here. So you know this stuff isn't made up, but more than that, it lets you know that you really are dealing with some experts on the show in the Inbox Radio Show, and those are the, the experts that we're not only going to have here, but also... It is the situation of where we're actually going to be able to have have answered those questions right on the air and have experts answer your question. In the second half of our show, we are going to have uh, Bennett Kelly, and he's going to be with us. He's from the Internet Law Center, and some uh, uh, unbelievable things, Adam, have taken place here in just the last couple of days, and so we're going to talk about those and unbelievable decisions that have taken place all over the, not only back in Washington, but also some stuff that's taken place up in Washington State as well. But let's go ahead now, uh, Doctor, and uh, let's go ahead and have one of your talented uh, scrub nurses there pull up one of our questions and see if we can read that uh, to our listeners and, and, uh, and answer that question right here on the Inboxed Radio Show. Oh, absolutely, John. And by scrub nurses, uh, everybody, he does mean John the Big Fabu, who just sent me all these user questions. Uh, so thank you for being my nurse, John. You look very cute in your outfit. Um, do, you, first, do you like uh, the short shirt better? Or an anonymous the... listener in California, and uh, his question is, how do I beat <laughs> spam filters to get my messages into the inbox instead of the bulk box? And so this is a very general question. Uh, first of all, it's very important that you segment your list by Internet service provider so you can deal with uh, each one of those ISPs separately. Every single ISP is going to have a different rule. Uh, when it comes to which emails get into the bulk box and which ones get into the inbox. I like to segment my lists into the majors, uh, you know, uh, AOL, Hotmail, Yahoo, Roadrunner, Cox, NetZero, PeoplePC, Comcast, all those. And we, we deal with them on an individual level. It makes our lives a lot easier when it comes to, uh, to figuring out how to get them into the boxes. Second of all, you need to seed your lists. And by seed your lists, you need to have email accounts from those Internet service providers in your lists uh, at specific uh, landmarks in your list so you can see if you're getting into the inbox or the bulk box, uh, how many emails you can deliver before you get put into the inbox or the bulk box. Um, you know, and, and, and what you're going to want to do is, is rotate through your subject lines, messages, uh, and all that information to, to get into the box. So. What I would suggest, first and foremost, is segmentation, then seeding your lists. I like to put one in on smaller lists every 10,000 uh, records. On larger lists, I like to put them in every 100,000 records. Um, but, but for the most part, uh, it, it's really important to make sure that you get any number of seeds in there to see if you're getting in there in the first place. And so this, this is a very general question. We could write a book on, on how to get your emails into the inbox for every single ISP. But uh, start with those steps right there, and uh, it should definitely help you figure out uh, at least where your messages are going, and from there you can tweak and, and test every available option to uh, get into the inbox. Hey, excellent, 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 uh, excellent question, and an even better answer. The reason I like your answer, Doc, is because it's a, it comes from experience. You didn't read it in a book, or you didn't make it up. It's actual stuff that you're using, and things that that are that are real time information. And so, in other words, uh, you know. 
being a doctor, you know, you certainly keep up on the latest uh, technologies in the medical industry as well. And uh, when somebody calls and wants to know the best way to take out a set of tonsils, you're not using information that worked 10 years ago. You're actually using real-time information. So I commend you for that. Let's, uh, let's see. We've got anything else uh, to cover here on user question day. Absolutely. Next, uh, next question comes from an uh, anonymous chat room member, and uh, he says, how many mail servers should I get to start? And, uh, again, this is a kind of a complex question, but what you really need to, to decide is, is how are you going to send your emails. Are you going to have, you know, purchased co-registration lists that are very large and you're just going to try and make it up in volume, or are you really going to tighten down and drill down your users and focus on uh, quality over quantity? Now, I definitely would suggest the quality over quantity uh, any day of the week. We see better results from our smaller lists that are very targeted, and that we deliver into the inbox. And i got to tell you guys that if you're just getting into mailing right now, it doesn't matter how many servers you have unless you're taking the time to figure out how to get into that inbox. If I can segment my lists and drill them down into 50,000-record lists or 100,000-record lists and consistently inbox those lists, like some of the tests I've done for the show, you're going to see a hell of a lot more revenue than you are if you're going to try and bulk out 10 million emails a day. Um, you know, I, I challenge anybody out there to, to bulk deliver 10 million emails in a day and bring in more revenue than we can do on 500,000 to a million records delivered into the inbox. It's because it's basically impossible and not worth your time. So if you want to buy a bunch of big lists, go out and get 20 or 30 mail servers, and, and you'll learn for yourself why you're not making a ton of money. What I would suggest is starting with one mail server, getting a decent number of IP addresses, because IP addresses are actually the key to success. It doesn't necessarily matter how many servers you have. If you have 100 servers with 100 IP addresses, they're going to do you just as much good as one server that's quality segmented with 100 IP addresses. So, uh, and and you, can, you can put upwards of you know, 254 IP addresses on a server and sometimes even more, depending on how technically savvy your team is. But I would suggest getting one server to start, pick your lists apart, get a good, healthy set of IP addresses. Uh, you know, if you can, get 32, and uh, make sure that you monitor your complaints. Start slow and, and don't, uh, don't blow your load right away because you're going to lose your server, you're going to get canceled by your ISP, you're going to generate a lot of complaints, and you're not going to make any money. <clears throat> Well, excellent. Um, I, I appreciate that comment, and that, and that that's that's that that is good news. And I know that that a lot of people may out there may have done that uh, the the other way, and they they've learned their lesson from it. So, um, you know, so uh, we want we want to make sure that uh, that you take that information. Coming up here a little bit later on in the show, we'll have uh, Bennett Kelly from the Internet Law Center is going to be with us. We're going to talk about some some. Some unbelievable topics that have just recently come down to kind of keep you up on that. And then the last part of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about the the Click Father and why he's not here, and also talk a little bit more about the psychology of mailing. Now, if you've just joined us, we got a couple of chat rooms you can jump into. Uh, the first one would be, of course, the one at Webmaster Radio. And uh, if you want to type in any questions, we'll take those questions and answer them live on the air. That's also questions for us, but also questions for Bennett Kelly when he comes on. Uh, in the second segment of our show. But secondly, you can also go to our website, which is inboxedradio.com. That's I-N-B-O-X-E-D, inboxedradio. 
and dot um, com, and uh, you can go ahead and type a question in there. And Adam, if you would do me the ultimate favor of monitoring our uh, inbox radio chat room, I've got a few screens up here. If you would monitor that to see if any questions come in, and appropriately so here on user question day. So let's go ahead and jump into our next question, Doctor. All right, we have a question from Christian in Rockford, Illinois. And his question is, are .info domains okay? And uh, what I'm assuming you're asking is if, if they're okay to mail from. And I will tell you right now that go get yourself some .coms or some .nets or some .orgs. These uh, top-level domains are the most mailed-from domains. And uh, the reason that they're the best is major ISPs can't, uh, can't turn them off or weight them any differently because of this, um, because you can't shut off .coms, .nets, or .orgs. There's too many major companies that use them, millions of companies use them, and, and they're definitely the best way to go. Now, I, I know you're going to see resistance to this because .info domains are so cheap, and I can tell you right now, yes, they are very cheap. Yes, you can still email to them. If you're mailing GI, you probably can do all right. Uh, with the .info domains. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what GI is, uh, we mean general Internet. Anything left over from the, the top eight or ten major ISPs. Um, we don't mail a lot of GI at my company uh, due to uh, potential spam uh, house listing risks. Um, but it's, it's not a bad way to make revenue. And if you're, if you're using it, go for it with the .infos. Uh, but if you're, if you're talking about the, the major eight ISPs, Get .coms, .net, or .orgs. You're going to see much, much better delivery. You're going to see uh, a much higher chance of getting into the inbox, and it's definitely going to be worth the the few extra dollars you're spending per domain name to make sure that you get those messages in and inboxed uh, the first time around. Perfect example of of a question that uh, that somebody had and an excellent answer. I, and I think a lot of times, as we bring up information here, uh, it's going to uh, it's going to prompt questions. Not only prompt questions from our viewing audience, but it'll also prompt answers and other things, other little tidbits of information that we can share with each other. We can kind of put through there. Again, um, coming up on the third part of our show, we're going to talk a little bit about the psychology of mailing, uh, which would include creatives, data. And, uh, and a little bit of psychology in there as well, too. So you can uh, kind of look forward to having that come in as well. Um, here on user question day, uh, so far we're doing so good. So, so we're going to kind of keep on here. Remember, if you've got questions that you will have for Bennett Kelly from the Internet Law Center, he'll be on the second segment, which will be coming up here in just a little bit. So you want to get those ready to post those up and, uh, and get those in as well. And uh, as always, you can listen, uh, go to inboxedradio.com. That's I-N-B-O-X-E-D, radio.com. And you can hear the previous shows that we've done, find out the topics that we've talked about, and, of course, we'll have a commercial spots running all week long about the next show and the topics, as well as you'll be able to uh, see on the Inbox Radio show what our topics are going to be. And there's also uh, kind of a nice little uh, area in there where you can actually post information, where you can uh, give us information about topics for upcoming shows that we're going to have or even questions that you'd like to have answered. And that's one of the great things about it. If you can get your questions in early, then we can actually go out and build a show in many cases around that series of questions, just like we talked about um, 
about lists on our last show. That was a that was a question that came in that came in from one of our viewers, and we did a whole show just uh, just about the lists, and and uh, and we even brought uh, we even brought representatives in uh, to be on the show um, to to talk about those lists as well too. So and uh, list management, particularly uh, companies that actually manage lists and do things, they they were with us as well, and so um, so we want you to know that we do take your emails very seriously, and we do try to. Uh, do what we possibly can to make sure that we're giving you the best information that we can out there. Um, moving along, Doc, how was uh, how was uh, your trip down to L.A.? Oh, my trip down to L.A. was fantastic, John. Had uh, had a lot of fun. It was beautiful out there. Uh, we stayed at the uh, Shangri-La Hotel right on Ocean Avenue, uh, overlooking the ocean in Santa Monica, and um, just had a really nice, relaxing weekend. I worked down by the pool. I met some new friends and uh, made some new connections. It was a really nice time. Well, great. We'll talk a little bit more in detail about that as well. Um, here, um, of course, uh, I was talking about uh, one of the last shows we had. We talked about uh, we talked about list and list management. Uh, we had Justin Milgram from uh, Griffith Park Media. Uh, he talked about some of their management services and some of their policies and some of the technology that they used. And that was on last week's show, so if you're just joining us for the first time now, you can actually go to inboxradio.com and you can listen to that show. And um, you can listen to that show and, uh, and sort of see what he had to say. So, okay, again, big celebration we're having today, user question day. It'll probably go down in history because we're devoting the entire first part of the show here to, of course, the questions that are coming in from our listeners. Go ahead and let's go, let's go ahead and, and look at what our next question is, uh, Doctor. All right, next question is from, we don't know who it's from, just uh, anonymous, anonymous emails. We seem to get lots of those here. But how often should I market to clickers and openers? Uh, that's a very good question. I like to say uh, every single chance you can. Uh, but you need to do it effectively. You just can't bombard these people constantly with messages. The way my system works uh, is, is it's all automatic, but you can do it manually. When a list goes out, let's say it's a, a list with a diet offer in it, uh, it's not a big deal to, to hit those clickers and openers as soon as they click and open those messages with another offer. When someone clicks or opens one of our emails, that email address gets sent over to one of our whitelisted servers. We, we keep a few servers on extremely tight, clean white lists. We work directly with the postmasters at the major ISPs to make sure they're clean and whitelisted. And then what we do from there is we, we mail out from our other servers and we get people who respond. We pop them over to one of those, those whitelisted servers that auto-respond and send out a couple more relevant offers to that person. If they like your car insurance offer, please do not send them a singles net dating offer. It's probably not going to work. They may report it as spam and you're going to lose your whitelist. Make sure you hit them with relative, uh, relevant targeted offers. We also hit people again for the next week at the same exact time that they clicked or opened our email. So if they did it at 3 in the morning, we're going we're gonna to send them another one at 3 in the morning from one of our whitelisted servers that automatically gets the inbox. That way we're effectively targeting that person with relevant offers and making sure they're only getting one what they want, two, they're getting it when they want it, and three, they don't have to search their bulk box to get it because we get it right there in the inbox. And that, uh, for us, has been extremely effective for the last few years, and, and it's, it's something that um, I don't see going away anytime soon. 
once you have interested parties, uh, they've they've basically opened the gate to to let them know to let you know that they they want your messages. Now, when it comes to frequency, you can send them a couple messages a day, maybe one or two. I wouldn't do a whole lot more than that because if that person sees too much email coming from you, they might not want to continue to get it. You may get the unsub request, or you may get one of your messages marked as spam. Now, in this particular case, uh, you know the fact of the matter is, you, is is you know it's not spam, and it wasn't your intent that it was marked spam. But if it is, if if that is the case, you know what uh, what would you do if something like that should take place? Well, with all the major ISPs, John, we have uh, feedback loops or or some sort of reporting that uh, lets us know when someone marks it as spam, or lets us know uh, that they that they you know, unsubscribed or, or what have you. We keep in close contact with the postmasters at these ISPs, and they let us know what our ratios are. And by ratio, I mean ratio of delivered messages to messages that are marked as spam. If we see a lot more fre- frequency of messages being marked as spam, we lower the amount of times we contact those people so that they're not agitated by the emails and we, we don't see, you know, so many, uh, so many of those flags come through. Yeah, I think that one of the things that, uh, that the way that I've got my filters set up, um, and being that we're in this business, it gives me a chance to actually, you know, look at look at all the offers that are out there uh, from the creative standpoint and the marketing standpoint as well. So, you know, I'm probably one of those guys that actually, you know, actually welcomes uh, stuff, you know, in uh, you know into my filter box because I do I use it as research, and uh, and I think that uh, a lot of times when if you're if you are looking around and you're in this industry, you're going to see the stuff that's going around. And if it's going around a lot, there's probably a pretty good chance that, that you might be even be able to, to learn from that and then also learn from the stuff that personally annoys me as well. So, so I, I, I sort of use a lot of that stuff as, as a research opportunity as well. Um, Anyway, uh, for those of you that have just joined us, we're going to take a short break here in just a minute. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Bennett Kelly of the Internet Law Center. Uh, some absolutely unbelievable stuff that has taken place in the industry that we're going to have him ferret out and explain to us what's taking place that will be absolute spot-on real-time information that you're going to be able to take advantage of. This is, this is actually information that you can actually put in your wallet. You've actually made money by this, so we want you to stick around. Again, go to inbox2radio.net. That's I-N-B-O-X-E-D radio.com. Uh, I'm sorry. And uh, jump into that chat room as well as uh, you can go to the webmasterradio.fm chat room. You can jump in there and we'll answer those questions right on the air. So we're going to take just a couple of short moments. Uh, we'll pause, pay a couple bills here if you will. When we come back, we'll have uh, in the studio with us, uh, Bennett Kelly from the Internet Law Center. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay with us, won't you? Time to flood some more inboxes. Inboxed will return after this. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of 
the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on localpages.com. Localpages.com or what if I wanted a business number in Miami? Localpages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with localpages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. Localpages.com. List your business on localpages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. Localpages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects need average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Jim Hedger and Dave Davies bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Webcology, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're back with the godfathers of mass distribution on Inbox, only on webmasterradio.fm. All right, again, user question today. Happy Wednesday. Uh, this is the Big Fat Boo, John Fondy, uh, bringing it to you here from our studios live in Las Vegas, Nevada, actually in the green room studio right now doing this. And with me on the, also in the studio as well is the doctor, the doctor of delivery, Adam Young, is with us. Hey, nice first segment, Adam. Thank you so much for being so active and answering those questions as well. <laughs> No problem, John. I'd love to help. In fact, I have another question from a user that I'd like to answer. Well, go ahead. Pick up that scalpel and cut it right in. <laughs> All right. The question <laughs> is from John. John's question is, I have brand new data that I've purchased. I'm pretty sure that it's hopped in. How do I mail it safely? Wow. Um, well, John, first of all, I want you to be very careful with what you do here because um, you may cause yourself some problems. Uh, one of the most important things you need to do is take a look through the data and make sure that you have the, uh, obviously the required CAN-SPAM compliant pieces of information to make sure that your data is opt-in. Uh, and, and those are website that they've opted in at, the IP address where they opted in, the timestamp and date of when they opted in, and of course the email address which you're going to need to email. So if you have those pieces of information, I think it's worth giving a try. If you don't, I personally wouldn't mail it if I wasn't too sure of the source, but uh, if it's something you decide to do, uh, make sure that you're very careful and you do it very slowly. So what you can do is you can take this list, assuming it's opt-in and compliant, and deploy it very, very slowly and watch the complaint returns in a feedback loop. Uh, if you don't have a feedback loop or if it's general Internet, let's say, what you need to do is make sure you get a hold of your Internet service provider and have them forward you any spam complaints that you receive about those emails. Uh, most of the time you're going to receive spam cop complaints 
it doesn't mean that uh, you're you're in a black hole or you're being listed or anything like that. It just means some people have uh, you know reported your message to the powers that be, saying that uh, it was wasn't opted in. Uh, you're going to see those complaints no matter where you mail. They they happen most of the time. Um, it's a it's a very teeny tiny percentage of a percent that you see return on that, unless, of course, your list is an opt-in. So once you get those messages back, make sure there's some sort of unique identifier in your email so you can go back to your list and, and remove those people and, and unsubscribe them. You know, if you get a spam complaint, it is not illegal to remove that person from your list. In fact, you're doing that person a service because it's obvious they don't want the message. So why not take the time to remove that person from your list so you don't get any more spam complaints and they don't get any more in the messages that they don't want? Unfortunately, uh, for you, they didn't take the time to unsubscribe, but uh, it is what it is, and if you, if you do it uh, methodically, you can make sure that your servers aren't shut down and that, that your list is clean. So don't go dropping to that entire list. If it's 100,000 records, I'd segment it out into 10,000 blocks and test them daily. If it's a million records, you know, I, I may do it at 50,000 intervals. Um, you'll know right away whether it's a bad list or not by the amount of hard bounces you get. And, of course, a hard bounce is a bounce that's returned to you for an invalid email address block or, or a box that's full already or something like that, a, a, an email address you can't deliver mail to. So if you get those hard bounces in there in the 10% range, You'll probably be okay if they start approaching 20, 30, 40 percent. Uh, you're just going to want to dump that list because you're going to burn your IP addresses. You're going to piss off your Internet service provider, and you're not going to make any money. So uh, all of those are pretty strong reasons for me why you'd want to drop that list. Uh, but, but, again, it's all up to you, buddy. Hey, thank you so much uh, putting the nitrous on that question and answering it very quickly for us. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our next guest that we have on the line now. Um, he really is, has, has got himself abreast of the, of the most exciting Internet issues over the last decades. He's counseled clients. He's been in litigation. He's testified. He's lobbied. He's spent a lot of time in Washington on different uh, and written different commentaries. Uh, such as uh, behavioral targeting, cyber abuse, uh, online promotions, gaming, privacy, uh, spam, and spyware. And currently, he's the co-chair of the California Bar Cybersafe Committee. Now, uh, we talked a little bit about his, uh, his organization, the Internet Law Center, which started in 2007 after he had a really nice career as the Assistant General Counsel and Director of Government Affairs and Privacy for ValueClick. Um, he also was the Vice President of Legal and Strategic Affairs for High Speed Media. And this list goes on and on and on. So, hey, so glad that you're here to walk the red carpet of the Inbox Radio Show. Please welcome to our show, Bennett Kelly. Thank you, John. And sorry I didn't send a card for um, listener question day. <laughs> That's great. Hey, Bennett, it was great to see you down in Southern California um, this last weekend. I had a chance to meet your wife. And, you know, you were, you were just as personable, uh, not only in person as you are, uh, in the times that I've seen you all over the country in many cases, but uh, also so glad to see you in that relaxed setting. That was really great. And I had a no, chance was a great to stand day. on the side of the hill uh, in Pacific Palisades, and you, and you were able to point out the the Internet Law Center uh, right down there by the coast. So that was really great. I feel like I could put a face with a building now. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you. And more importantly, you know what my view is. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I believe me, I'm getting to know what your view is on a lot of things as well, too. That's true. Speaking of which, uh, the uh, 
the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, you know, had some activity going on. Uh, it was brought in through Washington, Washington State resident. Um, pretty exciting information. Uh, maybe you could take a little bit and start off and tell us a little bit about what took place there and why it is so important to our industry. Sure. Um, the case is called Gordon versus Virtue Mundo. And uh, already a, a number of important opinions have come out of it at the lower, at the, um, the trial court level. And um, Gordon is just a, a very rabid anti-spammer who, who tried to um, sue under the Can Spam Act. And, and Can Spam does not per- permit private right of action, but, it, but with one limited exception. It permits a private right of action for um, Internet access service providers. And so the anti-spam community decided to use that uh, loophole um, by creating, in, in essence, faux ISPs. And Gordon was probably one of the worst examples of this. And he actually was going out of his way to solicit email. And, um, in fact, you know, he, that's how he made his money, was really by um, getting lots of emails and then suing on them. And, um, and Gordon was quite rabid. Um, Richard Mundo won at the trial level. Um, they had one summary judgment over Gordon. And um, Richard Mundo offered to settle with Gordon if he would drop his appeal, and he said no. And then... Um, Virtual Mundo, um, since they had won an, an, an order that um, Gordon pay over $100,000 in legal fees because of his frivolous claim, claim um, they appeared at his house and stole and were able to um, uh, obtain, you know, basically through court order, they were able to um, repossess all his furniture and, and clean out his house. And even then they asked, okay, you can drop your appeal, you know, you can have your furniture back. And Gordon said no. And so... And Gordon, got, uh, the final slap was from the Ninth Circuit. Um, they were they were very unreceptive to his claims, and they made a point that the Can Spam Act really is not designed for professional plaintiffs. Um, and um, what they, which they referred they referred to Gordon as a litigation mill. And they also had you know they found a way to make several backhanded comments um, about Gordon, Gordon, including the fact that when Gordon does one quote. Gordon purportedly enforces, the law he enforces relates more to his subjective view of what the law ought to be than what the law actually is. And so it was a, a pretty clear victory um, for the you know, for businesses, you know, legitimate businesses on the Internet um, and could shut down a lot of the, um, the faux ISPs attempting to sue under the Can Spam Act because it set a standard that basically if you're an AOL or a traditional ISP, you know, we'll, we'll recognize you under the uh, Can Spam Act, but if you're if you're somewhat of a questionable ISP, it's going to be a higher burden. You really have to show um, some legitimate damage from um, the, the harm from the um, spams that you're claiming about, and uh, it can't just be just basic the basic spams that are out there. I mean, that's a basic cost that all businesses on the internet have to deal with. Um, so you have to show some spam specific to the complaints that you're raising. And so um, the Ninth Circuit is the largest circuit in the country, so it covers uh, um, all the western states, in fact, all states west of um, Wyoming except New Utah. And um, it's the first major case at the circuit level in the United States to, to address this issue. And um, if, you know, if followed by other states, it, it could really uh, bring it close to some of this frivolous litigation on can spam. Well, great. Um, I, I think, again, you're right. There's people that are, that are out there that... Uh, it, it, the thing that really kind of I find somewhat amusing, uh, Bannett, is that 
this is a this is an arena where you an arena that can generate just gobs and gobs and gobs of money doing it legally, doing it the right way. But we still have got people out there that for some reason, I don't know if it's in their DNA, but feel that they have got to either try to break the system or go around the system. But I, it's, you know, I find that all the time of trouble that goes into that, that uh, it always ends up seeming to catch up with these guys, but that's, that's not enough to, to get them to do the right thing, is it? No, and it's it's interesting because you know I've I've gone up against a number of the people in the, in this community, and the court really hit it on the head that um, you know, what they're trying to do is, is enforce their vision of what the law ought to be, and um, and so, so just because they think something is wrong, um, they in their mind it, it therefore is illegal, and that's not the case. I mean, the law you know chooses what 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 to prohibit and what not to prohibit. And uh, you know there are things that people may not like that are, are perfectly legal, and um, you know they just have to deal with it. And um, but these guys are, are zealots, and they just have a hard time accepting that. John, I have, a, I have a question for Enter, uh, Bennett that I just got in over email. Yes, doctor. Sure, go ahead, uh, Adam. Doctor. Yeah, the the question is uh, is from Ken. And uh, it says, does the recent decision in the Ninth Circuit Court mean that CAN-SPAM Act trumps all state email laws except those pertaining to fraudulent email? Well, actually, thanks for bringing that out, Doctor, um, and, question, and Questioner. There, there was one element of the case that's also very important, and that the CAN-SPAM Act carves out an exception. Um, it allows state laws dealing with fraud and, and deception um, to, to continue to exist. Um, otherwise, all other aspects of state regulation of email are, are um, preempted. And um, we've seen a number of states try to um, re-legislate re, um, in this area and, and create a, a broader standard for what is um, pro- prohibited um, than CAN-SPAN allows. And um, what Gordon was trying to do um, was go after Virtumundo for using multiple um, domains, for not using the name Virtue Mundo in its domain address. It basically was trying to create a standard that um, email addresses have to follow a certain um, protocol. And um, the Ninth Circuit had very broad language that um, said that you, you were really going to interpret the exception strictly and that it really has to relate to um, what we know of as fraud and deception. And you can't water it down. We're not going to allow you to create um, a higher standard in some states because the whole purpose of the law was to create a uniform national standard. And um, we see that a lot in California where you know, people, I'm, I'm actually about to get involved in a case that involves uh, a plaintiff who's claiming that um, the law was violated because of the use of multiple domains. And so this, this may shut down a lot of frivolous litigation as well. Good news. Um, let's go ahead now and uh, and uh, you know kind of move uh, a little bit more into something that is really that that's kind of rearing its ugly head a little bit. And let's just call it the 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 the, the New York Amazon tax ruling and talk a little bit about what you've uncovered and what some of those challenges are. Sure. Um, you know, just by way of background, the. States are always trying to find um, sources of revenue, and the Supreme Court has stepped in and said that a state can only tax um, someone if they have a physical um, presence in the state. And so that's why when you you do purchases online, 
from a store in Minnesota or South Carolina or whatever, if you're not from that state, you, you know, they don't collect sales tax um, because they, you know, they do not have a physical, in many cases, they don't have a physical presence in, in your home state. Um, so New York, um, we're looking at Amazon.com, and Amazon.com is a, is a good target for states for a couple of reasons. One is that um, they become this behemoth, um, Walmart of the Internet. I mean, they're no longer just books. And so we're talking, you know, billions of dollars being uh, being transacted on the internet. Um, the second is that you know, Amazon goes out of its way to make sure that it only has a physical presence in its home state of Washington. So it's not paying, it's not collecting sales tax in any other state. Um, and the third, though, is that Amazon is somewhat um, on both sides of the issue. You know, they, they say that it's impossible for them to collect sales tax for all fifty states, but at the same time, um, stores like Target and others. Um, their online um, purchasers uh, uses Amazon as a back end. So Amazon seems to have no problem doing it when it's working for um, Target, but then when it's working on its own, somehow its technological capability is diminished. So um, New York stepped in and said, well, we're going to interpret a physical presence um, a little more broadly, and that if you have affiliates in our state that are um, you're paying commissions to for sales, um, for you know, sent for traffic gen- sent to the internet, and you, and it exceeds ten thousand dollars, then we're going to consider you to have a physical presence in our state. And um, New York actually ended up, in one level, um, did fairly well by it in that the, the amount of revenues the law generated exceeded the initial projections. Um, for fiscal two thousand nine, they projected fifty million, and it brought it in sixty one million. And um, so on that level, it was a success for the state of New York. The downside was that um, over 100 um, different retailers, major retailers, terminated all their affiliates in the state. And um, it's estimated that affiliate income in New York went down 50%, and um, we're still trying to quantify what exactly that is. So it's unclear whether it was a a net positive or not for the state of New York, but... um, Amazon challenged the law in New York State Court, and its its complaint was dismissed, and the court upheld the constitutionality of the statute, and that's now on appeal. But once that that decision came down, it was the green light for other states to step in. And um, so in this last year, you know, the state legislatures are wrapping up their, have all wrapped up their budget battles. Um, there were eight major states that, that considered, gave serious consideration to uh, following New York. And... Um, Four of them actually did pass legislation. Um, two of them, California and Hawaii, the governors vetoed the law. And that leaves the um, state of Rhode Island, which became the, the second state to follow New York. And then just this over the weekend, North Carolina became the last state to pass a budget, and it included an Amazon provision. And so Amazon and others have already um, terminated their affiliates in those states. Um, and it's curious, though, the state of Rhode Island, you know, my home state actually, but... Um, State of Rhode Island downgraded its um, revenue projections from you know, some some number of million to zero because I, I guess they question whether or not this will ever be enforced. So um, what we're seeing, and also because of the effect of the uh, determinations in state. And um, well, I think but, you make a really, I think you make a really good point there, Bennett, in the fact that uh, you know it's a double-edged sword here in, in many cases. 
by having uh, you know having the, these commerce providers stop doing business with people that have, for instance, uh, you know a New York address, if you will, and the amount of income and the amount of revenue that drops on there. Uh, this is exactly what we're basically getting ourselves into in every uh, category. That we 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 put a tax on something and we then we instantly see that revenue completely go away, which can be more devastating, you know, in terms of of the economy and, and keeping that money out there. I know those guys that are that are making those chunks of ten thousand dollars are spending that money. We know that what the way right. the affiliate spending schedule is. So I think they got to be really careful with this one, and and I could see this. Really, because it's a constitutional issue, this could this could actually go as high as the U.S. Supreme Court. Your thoughts on that? I think it definitely will be a hot issue, and I think um, you know the, the Amazon appeal will will progress. And um, you know, frankly, I, I I think the law might be on Amazon's side, although um, you know, there is some ambiguity about whether or not um, the affiliates, because of um, having you know, substantial doing substantial transactions with Amazon, might be considered. Uh, an agent and um, for Amazon, but uh, I, I think the law, as I understand it, favors Amazon, and we'll see if that, that prevails on appeal. But um, this, and, and we're definitely going to see more litigation on it because more states are going to try this. Um, in the last year, this, this past um, state legislative season, um, 38 states had substantial deficits. Um, um, over 10% of their prior year's budget. So that means you know, what they spent in 2000, in fiscal 2008, um, they now had to either cut 10% or come up with revenue to amount you know, for 10%. And the average to the average state, 10% is what they spend on highways and prisons. So you know, that just kind of gives you a sense of what, how big of an amount we're talking about. And so um, and they were under a lot of pressure. And the the bad news is that um, next year is going to be worse, and so the states are. There are already 13 states that have deficits um, for next year um, that are greater than 10 percent, and uh, even four states that are greater than 20 percent already for the fiscal year that um, it has even started yet. So, um, I, I think we're going to see this battle pop up in a number of states, and which will lead to more litigation of whether or not this should, whether this is constitutional or not. Okay, that that sounds great, uh, Bennett. I want to thank you for taking the time again. It was great to see you down in Southern California, and we'll be catching up with you from time to time. Uh, regular contributor here on the Inbox Radio Show is Bennett Kelly. Uh, uh, Bennett, uh, just one final thing: um, is uh, is the Monday memo on hiatus for the summer? Or are you still uh, putting input into that for, uh, through the summer? Um, well, we we do uh, it, Monday memo was a, was a biweekly um, newsletter we we put out. And uh, we're doing some restructuring, and um, but we're putting out occasional uh, issues when we have major developments. But after Labor Day, we're going to have a, a new format, and so we'll be back on a regular schedule. Okay, that sounds great. Again, we're talking with Bennett Kelly from the Internet Law Center, uh, overlooking uh, the beautiful Pacific Ocean, and that's what Bennett's outlook is. Always a pleasure. We're going to take a short break right now. When we come back, uh, in the next segment of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about the psychology of mailing. Adam and I are going to talk a little bit about uh, the click father, where he's at, what he's doing, and uh, some things that are come up in the future. So, again, this is Inboxed Radio. You can check us out at Inboxed Radio. That's I-N-B-O-X-E-D radio.com, and get involved in some uh, user questions. We'll take a few more user questions in the third segment of the show. But as always, we will be right back right after a couple of messages. Take it away, guys. 
Time to Thanks flood so. some more inboxes. Inboxed will return after this. XYZ is affiliate market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it. Cracking, even comes with state of the art tracking. Ready to start, you can do it a couple ways. 866 XY7 pays. It's toll free, tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. From Fort Lauderdale, Florida, webmasterradio.fm. A service of new gen broadcasting. We're everywhere. Hey, affiliates, do you find it a challenge monetizing traffic from the U.K., France, or India? You need offers that will appeal to all of your visitors, no matter where they come from. AdsMarket.com has met this challenge and has turned it into a science. AdsMarket.com gets results for publishers and advertisers with a winning formula. The combination of offers, worldwide traffic, and AdsMarket's up-close and personal media management is exactly the boost needed to monetize international audiences. AdsMarket.com. The science of performance. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebOffer.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service. Fired up with Gordon Rudo. Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hey, welcome back. Uh, the Big Fat Boo here in our studios inside uh, XY7.com here in Las Vegas. Um, and also want to thank uh, Webmaster Radio for, for taking care of us. And again, uh, if you've just joined us, you just missed Bennett Kelly. Bennett Kelly of the Internet Law Center was with us. And uh, as always, from time to time, we'll have special guest uh, stars that will stop by the studio and we'll have a conversation with them and some, uh, some excellent information. So go to, uh, go to InternetLawCenter.com and you can see what Bennett's talking about with some of the things and where he's also going to be as well. And speaking of which, with me on the phone uh, just recently doing some plastic surgery, just making the whole world look bigger and better, is, of course, the doctor. The doctor of delivery, Adam Young, is with us, making a house call here today. Thanks so much for having you with us, Doc. Oh, I love to be here, John. <laughs> That's You're great. just so sexy. So, <laughs> thank you very much. And once again, uh, <laughs> we appreciate you uh, 
taking the time and your and your travels to be to be with us on the show. But hey, we um, we spent a little time uh, with with Bennett and some of the some of the rest of the team down in uh, in Southern California. We happen to be at uh, Kevin D. Vincenzi and Rihanna's Ross's uh, wedding. And for those of you, that's right. You kind of heard it first right here on the Inbox Radio Show that they have actually tied a knot there on their their honeymoon now as well. So we don't want you to think that. Uh, you know, I made an offer that the quick father couldn't refuse, if you know what I'm saying. But no, he is uh, he's with us, but he's just uh, on his honeymoon. And uh, so remote and so exotic is his destination that uh, that we weren't able to have him on the show here today. But, hey, we had a good time. It was a really... Uh, a wonderfully produced wedding, and uh, and uh, I, I really I really enjoyed uh, getting down to California. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was quite spectacular. Uh, and you know, it's about time those two kids got married. Uh, they've only been engaged the entire time I've known them. So, kudos to them. It was a it was a beautiful ceremony. I really enjoyed being there. There were uh, actually uh, a few industry people there that uh, that I had a chance to talk to, and. Um, and uh, I ripped up the dance floor with my girl for about uh, about four, four or five hours. Uh, and the worst part about that, John, is I'm pretty sure most of it is on video. Yep, and that's what we'll basically have the uh, <laughs> we'll have the opportunity of looking at. Hey, I actually got a dance in right uh, in the very beginning before uh, when uh, after the first dance and stuff like that. Uh, as you know, I had to leave early. But let me let me tell our listeners about how lavish this was. A picture uh, in Pacific Palisades, one of the most affluent uh, uh, neighborhoods that there is. Um, uh, of a three, oh, probably a hundred and eighty to two hundred and forty degree view of uh, of uh, Los Angeles and the Santa Monica Bay. Um, beautifully orchestrated, the, uh, uh, the the basketball court was turned into a lounge. Uh, there's actually a sit-down ceremony overlooking uh, the ocean at sunset time. We had, had a live band that, that played music and was all put on by um, by Tom Ross uh, and uh, and Rihanna's mother. Um, and it was just it was just one of the most lavish events, just what you would expect coming out out of Hollywood. And and of course Tom Ross being, uh, I mean, he probably had 40 platinum albums on the wall and uh, was instrumental in creative artists and, and many of the of the entertainers, including Fleetwood Mac, which was where Rihanna had got her name. And do you know why that is, uh, Adam? Well, because the song was named Rihanna and John. That's right, and uh, that's a bonus point for you. We'll go on to the bonus round now. They actually played that song during during the, the wedding as well, too. So it's kind of a non-traditional kind of a, a cross between a, a, a Catholic and a Jewish wedding, so we got a chance to see both sides of it as well, and the the just the the presentation of the of the reception dinner was just the most lavish that that I had really ever seen. So, and they they both looked really 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 happy at the time as well. So. So that's where that's where we were, and I went on from that point. Jumped on a red eye at 11 o'clock at uh, LAX, and headed back to Affiliate Summit East in New York City. Had a chance to to really meet some outstanding individuals, and um, and um, and again, we missed you back there. But I know you had a little bit more fun cutting a rug than sitting five hours on an airplane, Doctor. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really unfortunate that I missed the show. Uh, a lot of a lot of people were hoping that I was going to be there to uh, do some meetings and talk some biz. But uh, you know, sometimes you just uh, have to relax on a beach, John. But uh, it was it was definitely a lot of fun. I'm sorry I missed uh, ASC with you, but um, when I get when I get back from my vacation, God knows when that's going to be. I'll be sure to to be at the next show. 
Uh, and uh, since today is user question day, I'm going to do uh, another question I have live from our inbox.com chat room. Uh, our guest is Andy, and his question is, uh, would you recommend email marketing noobs hire an expert to monetize their list, or should we give it a go ourselves? Uh, and uh, Andy has informed me that this is a self-generated list. What I, what I would advise you to do is to look at all of your options. If, if you don't have any technical experience or any email experience, um, you can do it on your own. It's just going to take some time and some research. One of the things you're going to have uh, an issue with with the size of your list at 1.5 million records is any of the, the out-of-the-box turnkey solutions are going to shy away from a list that large because most people don't necessarily have lists that la- large, so they don't really want to mail them. Uh, you know, with vertical response, for instance, you're going to run into a 5,000 uh, email uh, per day minimum, or excuse me, maximum on that list, so it's going to take you forever to get through it. So what, what you can do is you can, uh, you know, write a, a simple PHP mailer and do it yourselves. If it's your highly targeted list, I would suggest mailing the data as soon as you get it uh, and, and, uh, and mailing backwards. So if you want to use an out-of-the-box email solution, start now making sure that those records are opted in as soon as you get them into you know, a constant contact or something like that. So what you can do is with all your new records, you can guarantee your messages will be inboxed to those people through a third-party provider. And then if you want to test, and, and play with email marketing on your legacy file, you can start with small chunks from the past. Uh, you're going to see your best response from all of your records that are within three months. Uh, so y- if they're years and years old, most, chances are more than likely that those people have moved on from those addresses and they, they may not be worth mailing. So I would focus on your last three months and then immediately get your new registrations moved over to uh, a whitelisted email service provider so you can start hitting those people with, with targeted messages that are guaranteed uh, delivered. Absolutely phenomenal. Good question. Thanks so much. And Andy uh, wrote that question in on the inboxed radio chat room. So, Andy, we want to thank you for using that. And, and also, Doctor, thank you for being on top of that and making sure that we got that question answered uh, professionally and in a timely manner. Let's talk a little bit here. We've got about a minute and a half left here, the psychology of mailing. When I talk about psychology, let's talk about, you know, you know, three important things, Adam, the, you know, your respect and look to the creatives, uh, how you handle and manage the data, and then uh, basically, you know, some tips on, you know, email service providers. Well, I, I think the psychology behind mailing is, is presenting somebody with something that they're interested in. And we rehash this constantly when it comes to segmentation and delivering relevant offers to the right people. But it is really the key to success. It's, it's the reason I'm able to produce uh, the numbers I do off of the deliveries I do. With, without segmentation and uh, relevant offers, I... I I'd just be shooting in the dark, and that may have worked 10 years ago, but right now um, the key is, is really to get the right information to the right people, and if you're not using all the tools that are available to you to do that, uh, you're not maximizing your revenues, and uh, you're, you're not going to get to your goals. So, so take the time to really learn how to segment your lists and, and how to send the appropriate offers to the correct people, and you will see a huge jump in your revenues. I, I guarantee that. Um, excellent. And in fact, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that people were sad that you weren't able to make it back to um, the affiliate summit. And 
And there was a lot of people wearing black armbands, so you know, I want you to know you were you were deeply deeply missed back there as well. <laughs> oh, you're hilarious, John. You're hilarious. I'm just uh, a little bit upset that I missed all the networking parties. I got invited to uh, a couple private boxes at the the Yankees game and uh, and just a few other parties in New York. I love New York. I spent a lot of time. I've spent a lot of time there, so it was unfortunate. But you know, next time, John. Next time. Yeah, that that is true. There, there some phenomenal parties. I think I counted up seventeen uh, different parties that. Uh, um, I had some correspondence uh, with Missy and, and looked and saw there's about 17 parties. I did not go to one single party when I was back in New York, but I did have a chance to go to the world famous uh, Carnegie Club, which is uh, which is a cigar lounge featuring a 12 piece band and uh, and a guy doing Frank Sinatra cover tunes. So I got a real taste of the Big Apple uh, while I was back there, and uh, we always look forward. Of course, we'll be back there latter part of the year um, for Ad Tech, and all, we always get wild. And of course, the third in a series of bikini bull riding contests in new york city so we certainly want you back there with us for that as well and um and as always i think one of the great thing when you're with us adam people stop by the booth they can actually meet a superstar of the industry and you sign autographs and and give tips and you're on our television (laughs) show so i appreciate that (laughs) oh yeah well you know you know john i uh i'm really that famous now um I do spend time at the shows, though, and I do take the time to meet new people, and if they're new in the industry, uh, I make a point to, to help them as much as, as I can, because I'd rather have an intelligent person in the industry doing well than, than a, bunch of, a bunch of newbies running around causing problems. So if you ever catch the good doctor at any of the shows, feel free to come up to me, say hello. I will, uh, I, I'm usually a good time. I'm a little out there, but I'd be more than happy to help you with, with any portion of your business. We do a lot more uh, than just email marketing at the Young Media Group, so... Uh, if you have questions about anything, feel free to always always ask. And I've got to ask you, what is under uh, the doctor's surgical garb, boxers or briefs? Um, well, I, I will give you a little bit of inside information. As I was standing up in Mr. DiVincenzi's wedding, that is the click father, I was actually wearing neither, John. I was uh, just letting it hang. There is uh, the breaking information as we get ready to end this here. Newsflash, newsflash, the doctor goes commando in Los Angeles. All right. Hey, <laughs> you have, <laughs> you, uh, for uh, the click father, Kevin DiVincenzi, who is enjoying a, um, uh, his honeymoon in Detroit, and also for the doctor, Dr. Delivery, Adam Young. I, I want to thank, of course, Brasco and the guys back in the studio. I, of course, the big fabu, John Fondy. Uh, hoping that you have a great week. Remember, go to that website, inboxedradio.com. Give us some insight on what you'd like to see, hear, and feel. Emphasis is feel on the next show. And we'll certainly bring it to you and answer those questions live for you. Thanks for enjoying this very special user question day, devoting most of our segment to each and every one of you, and that's exactly what we do. Of course, this show sponsored in part by xy7.com and uh, if you're not involved with them you certainly want to get involved as well so for all the gang once again i'm the big fabu thank you so much it's been a great show we will see you same bat time same bat channel and the same batty wacky folks will be right here on inbox radio when we see you next week thanks again and hang in there